Welcome to the Afero podcast series. This is Shaheen Khan, and I have the pleasure of having Ben Gibbs with me again. How are you, Ben? Fine, thank you. Now, you've been uh, traveling all around the world, and you and your team have been working with lots of customers. Last time we had a chat, we talked about how companies can go about building a business justification for why IoT. And immediately from that, you get to the point of what's in it for the end user. What does the end user customer get out of it? Absolutely. Especially with consumer devices. So, for example, kitchen appliances. Mm -hmm. What's the value of having a smart device such as a fridge or a cooker or an oven? You know, what, why should that be connected to the internet? What's the value to the end customer? Let's just jump into it. Let's focus on kitchen appliances. There's a conference called the Smart Kitchen Summit that you've attended, and Joe Britt, our CEO, had spoken at last year. Uh, so this is really a big market. It is. And right now what we're seeing is that some of the appliance makers are taking kind of a kitchen sink approach where they enable almost every possible feature that they possibly can in a sort of like a very catch-all approach, trying to target almost anyone and see what flies. Mm -hmm. But what we found as a result of working on this for a number of years is that there are really just two main killer apps, if you like, for these kitchen appliances. I love that designation. So the killer app is the use case that has widespread appeal, good ROI attached to it, and can really bring the value forward to the end user customer and to the manufacturer. That's right. And you also need to be appealing to not just the techie, those uh, lead first adopter type folks, you need to be applicable to Mm. the average appliance purchaser or user. They're going out, they're going to buy a really nice appliance. They want to get some value out of it. And it's got to be a real justifiable value. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that actually we've boiled it down. Yes. And I can, you know, reveal to you. That's the value, (laughs) yes. The the secret, (laughs) which is not going to be so secret now. Sum it up for us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it turns out that there really are two main killer apps. And one is notifications and the other is safety. Yeah, so... Let's just take a little bit of a detour into why notifications, and then we'll talk about safety. Well, the first thing is that in the kitchen, timing is everything. It's something that actually professional cooks will learn in their classes, in their studies. They will actually learn how to use alarms, how to use timers, because it's very, very important that food is cooked for a certain period of time, not overcooked. And in fact, almost a professional cook, they are almost like a product or program manager. Yeah. You can imagine a Gantt chart in reverse, right? <laughs> they need everything to be delivered to the table at this time. And prior to that time, they've got multiple things that they need to have ready. They need to have vegetables, gravy. Mm-hmm. They need to have... Just just think for yourself, right? How does like Thanksgiving meal go for you? I That's mean, right. You know I mean it's to... true that if, you have a, if you're a professional chef, then it's second nature for you. I can say that when I'm at home, as long as I am in the kitchen, yes. I may or may not use a timer because I've got an eye on it. I'm sort of, I can smell it. I'm right there. But really, the moment I step away from the kitchen, right, that's and really when the complexity starts. Exactly. And that, that is the problem, right? Because professional chefs, they are in the kitchen. That's where they operate. But at home, 
you are having a party, you're having mm, a dinner exactly, party, yes. you're having a kid's party or whatever, you know, you're having guests round, or you're just looking after the family. You're not in the kitchen, or you can't be. The I'll door, tell you my own uh, yeah. story. It's pretty often that I put water on to have some coffee, yes. and then I go upstairs to check email. Uh-huh. <laughs> and next thing I know, it's been half an hour later. I, you know, rush back down and I'm lucky that, you know, the kitchen isn't on fire because I forgot it was boiling. That's right. I mean, I think all of us have one of those horror stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, I've heard stories of people coming home and they the smell of the, the yeah. meal, they're like, oh, such a good smell. And then like an hour later, they go into the kitchen and no one's in the kitchen. It's just like being a pot that's been that's left on for hours. Right, right. Yes, terrible stories. So now the thing is that these timers, I mean, they do exist on these appliances, but the problem is that they're really isolated just to the kitchen. And sometimes they just beep, you know, very quietly or they beep once. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes Sometimes you don't hear them in the kitchen. Exactly. So what is the solution? Well, the, the solution really is to extend the beep. Extend the beep, I like that. Yes, extend the beep. So what that means is that you can actually make that beep with a smart device. You can make that beep happen even if you're away from the kitchen. And of course, the way that we do that is because we all carry our smartphones Mm -hmm. and we can make the phone alert. We Mm -hmm. can make that notification happen. And of course, being a smart device, uh, smartphone, it doesn't just have to be a beep. It could actually be a proper notification, Mm -hmm. uh, an instructive one, an informative one. It could say, the cookies are ready. Check the oven. The oven is it's ready to be used. Mm -hmm. It's now it's now 400 degrees or whatever. Right. Uh, Or maybe you could get some other notifications such as the stove has been left on for 30 minutes. But I can see if you have all that data and you feed it to your AI or expert system, it can then actually make even higher level recommendations or messages. Absolutely. And and you're talking about for the manufacturer of these devices, they can definitely do that. That's mm-hmm. a way that they can differentiate. Right. right? So you right. have very simple indications. So that could be just like the oven timer is now ringing. It's, it's gone down to zero. That's a very simple notification that you can give your end user, your consumer. But like you say, there are extra ones that could be thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those is actually... For example, how long has the stove been left on? So Uh, the range. Right, right, right. So this is one of these questions that quite a lot of people ask themselves. How long have I been cooking something? Mm, Right. mm. Now, this doesn't have to be a notification. This can be in the app itself. Right. But uh, why do you actually have to set a timer in the first place? Why doesn't it just automatically detect that you have now set the the stove on Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. start counting for you? Because then you can can say, oh, didn't set a timer, but I can look at my app and see that the egg has been boiling for five minutes. Mm -hmm. And you could detect when certain temperatures occur. So you could give an indication of, you know, it's now boiling. There's a lot of benefits that you could do there. And this also, you know, obviously being alerted and notified of things actually ties into the safety side. Yes. Okay. So safety is now second killer app. That's right. Safety is a really great killer app because it's something that very much resonates with consumers. Just like being told something, given some information that you didn't know before on the notifications, people really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Safety is also something that you really want to be able to, well, you can communicate it very easily. 
and end users can easily understand it. So that's why it makes it a killer app. But it's also great because from a smart device standpoint, we can really enhance the safety. So say for example, you are going on a trip and you're driving away, you're about an hour away, and then you think, oh, uh, did I leave that kettle on? That's happened to everybody. Yeah, you could actually be able to turn off the stove remotely. And one of the great things about turning things off is that that is fully supported as a safety feature by UL, for mm -hmm. example. They require certain preventions to turning things on. So you shouldn't be able to necessarily turn on your oven when you're right. away unless you've put various safeguards in place in advance. But mm -hmm. turning off is something that can definitely mm -hmm. be done. So UL is Underwriter mm -hmm. Laboratories that certifies and has regulations that you must adhere to as a manufacturer for safety and then they have regulations on making sure you don't accidentally turn things on but they do demand that anybody be able to turn something off readily yes so take for example an oven if you want to be able to remotely control the oven and turn it on, prior to doing that, you must actually explicitly hit a button on the oven that enables remote operation. I see. Mm -hmm. However, to turn things off, that could be done right. without having to do that. And so right. from an ease of use standpoint, it's something that the end user doesn't have to worry about. You know, mm -hmm. It's not like they have to enable that oven for remote operation before they're right. allowed to I turn see. it off right. You right. Know, right. if they think it's a safety issue. So that's definitely something that could be of value. The other area which kind of plays into safety, and that is around the idea of being, I call it family presence, but it's an indication, for example, that in a very discreet way, grandma, for example, if she has a smart refrigerator, mm. you could receive notifications if, for example, the fridge door was not opened for a day. I see. Right? And, and those kind of notifications, they're very discreet, they're secure, but going back to that AI thing, it could be an indication that maybe something is not completely right. So this is really more the individual safety that family can keep an eye on you while they're not there, rather than the device safety, so to say. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That's, yes. that's, a, that's a really creative use case, really. Yes, and it doesn't have to be elderly care. It could mm. also be the kids. Right. So, for example, let's say that you're at work and your kids have come home from school and you've told them that you're not comfortable with them using the oven or, or the stove and you see the stove come on, right. you know, that could be an alert. These are all sort of safety benefits that could come from having a smart enabled device. So then that's another area where I can see with some AI in there, it could not only detect something, but also proceed to take some action on your behalf. Exactly, yeah. There's uh, definitely options there that you could do. And again, that would be an area for differentiation right, for right. the various manufacturers mm -hmm. that are making these things. Yes, definitely a possibility. So let's summarize this. We talked about notification. This is especially useful when you're not there in person. It can communicate with you. It can recommend things to you. It can alert you. It can give you the possibility to remotely control the device. If you're out in the garden having a drink with your guests and something has happened in the kitchen, you can discreetly take care of it without having to interrupt the conversation, etc., etc. And then the second category was safety. This is interesting whether or not you are physically there. Even when you're there, I can see possibilities where 
the safety flag wants to come up. We talked about device safety, home safety, but also family, friends, children safety. So these are two big killer apps that really should make it easy to make a justification for the user to buy this and for the manufacturer to build it. Absolutely. And it's not just these kitchen appliances where those applications can apply. Uh, for example, in the laundry, you can have notifications that your washing is done. You can extend the beep of the washing machine. Right, you know, right, right. Uh, your washing is done. And then like an hour later, if you still haven't opened the door, it could alert you again. Hey, you really need to get your washing out. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's starting to go a little bit smelly. You know, uh, some of them... Yeah, maybe some... I need to wash it again. <laughs> some of them keep... Uh, rotating the dryer, for example, to make sure that what's already dry is not wrinkled. Yes. But then they stop after a while, and if you're not there, maybe you can extend that, for uh, example. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really notifications are a killer app, absolutely, and having that capability is really important. Of course, you also want good timing. Uh, you know, I mentioned the timers. One of the features that Afero offers is the ability to set the time on these devices. So that can be important for the oven. It can also be important for the washing machine, potentially. So you could, for example, tell the washing machine, hey, I want my washing done by the time I come home. Mm -hmm. So that could be, uh, be time-related. Just setting the time on a device and especially in countries where you have daytime savings and every six months you have to reset the clock. If that can be automated right there, that's a big deal. That's a big win. And that is definitely something that we do, yes. Right. And I can't tell you the number of uh, customers who have been very happy to hear that we handle the DST side of things. Right. Now, uh, speaking of what Afero does, so what does Afero do? What does the Afero IoT platform do to enable, extend the beep, notification, safety, use cases? So one of the main things that we do is, as our advertising says, it's not a connected device if it's not connected. Yes. And so you really need to make that connectivity as easy as possible. And we do that through our very simple onboarding system. You scan a QR code, it immediately detects Wi-Fi networks, you're able to put in your password, and then you're done. You know? Yeah, I hear that from really all of our customers, that that is just such a winning capability also because it works. It's not like it pretends to work, but only to tell you that you have to do it all over again because it didn't work. Absolutely true. And customers like Kemal have really seen, you know, the customer care calls drop substantially. I believe it's 99%. Wow. You know, just really, that is a huge savings. So that's absolutely vital. Okay, so first thing is that people are actually connected so they can take advantage of all of this. What else? Yeah, so the other thing is that from the manufacturer standpoint, you want to be able to develop and get your devices online as soon as possible. And you want that to be relatively easy. You know, yesterday I was talking to a, another organization telling me that their IoT development takes between one and three years. Oh my God. And that's just crazy, yeah. right? I mean, really what we want to enable our customers to do is come to market within six months. Mm -hmm. And so our tools are designed. We're here in Silicon Valley. We have a fantastically good team of developers here who make this stuff really easy to use. And so that's what we have. We have great development tools. You know, along those lines, I heard from Joe that Kenmore is now, they've done over 25 different SKUs in less than two years. 
That's so true. That's, that's time true. to market for you. Yeah. Yep. Certainly yep. not one to three years. No, and, and a lot of that comes through the reuse. So the hardware stays the same, but the software is able to be adjusted slightly and you get that reuse. You leverage what you've done before. Exactly. All right. All right. Exactly. Now, if I'm using an oven, if I'm going to like control this remotely, if it's kids, I want it to be secure. So then security is also a big piece of this. True. And security is built into the very essence of a Faro right from the very lowest levels upwards, right? So every single Afero device has a hardware security module built mm. into it. That ensures that communication between the device and the cloud is secure. There's authentication done, there's encryption obviously, but also we do add additional IoT countermeasures to any potential hacks and things like this. We really take that very seriously. Mm -hmm and ensure that the communication is secure. Right. So really, to our listening audience, if any of you is really interested in security, I highly encourage you to contact the Pharaoh and click on this. The security architecture is non-trivial, it is complex, it's multi-dimensional, and it's just got so many different dimensions to it. You really have to go a little bit deeper to understand what the differences are. At the high level, the claims can sound the same, but if you go one level deep, you don't have to go that far deep, really. This is just one slight level deeper. You can just see the plethora of measures that are taken according to best practices to make sure that it's the most secure device out there. All right, so what else? Uh, the next thing I want is to be able to be eligible to do all this AI stuff, and I need data that is prepared to do that. And if I recall, that's also something that Afero provides in a big way. Yes, so when you actually design the data model of the device, which is things like the attributes, the data attributes, such as the speed, the temperature, mm. the timing, things like this, during that process, you're actually creating what we call a profile which is a set of structured data. Uh -huh. And one of the benefits of having a structured data architecture is that when that is communicated to the back end, to an artificial intelligence agent of some kind, it becomes that much easier. And that it's like the garbage in, garbage out right, argument, right? Right, right? Don't put garbage in and you won't get garbage out. So what we offer is that capability to really feed into these AI type constructs. And then you're able to make intelligent decisions and feed into things such as our rule agents or um, notification agents so that then you can give a really good user experience to the end Excellent. user. Let's summarize this piece. What does a Faro do for extend the beep notification safety? It's A, you can easily connect the device and the user together. It's secure. It's got good uptime we talked about last time, so it's actually on for it to do its job. Uh, there's simple programmability and reuse for the manufacturer to be able to deliver this to market in some reasonable time. And then the data structure is enforced at inception to make it easier to feed the data to your machine learning AI systems for more sophisticated analysis. That's correct. Am I doing it justice? You are. Well, <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. well, on that note, uh, we will conclude this episode. Thank you again. Keep us informed of any particular topic that you might want us to cover, and we'd be happy to do that. Thank you. <laughs>